Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Roshvina, a student at Harvard Business School with prior experience in finance and more recently venture capital in Africa. And I'm Anvita, Harvard Business School class of 22. I've actively worked in VC and tech startup space. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple. increase the representation of women in the vc industry through awareness and engagement so join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in vc our guest today is tasneem doherwala tasneem is the founder of excelstar ventures an investor in disruptive technology in the tech and medical devices space she is also a managing director at golden seed an investment firm committed to investing in female entrepreneurs tasneem previously worked in financial services on the sales side at lehman brothers and at matrix partners she is a graduate of wellesley college and harvard business school thank you so much for joining us today tasneem it's a pleasure to have you it's a pleasure to be here thanks so much for that lovely introduction amazing um jumping right into our conversation we'd love to kick it off by talking about excelstar what motivated you to start a fund and what was the process like overall well um it uh, it actually started with my time at lehman brothers um when i was working at lehman brothers i spent a lot of time understanding the stories behind each equity play um each company had its own stories and juxtaposing that story with the context at which the company was sort of existing in you know the markets the competitive landscape the overall economic situation juxtaposing those together was really intriguing to me to understand how will this company fare and how will it do so then if you um fast forward to my business school time i spent a lot of time taking entrepreneurship classes i spent some time at matrix partners i worked at one of their portfolio companies and what i realized over this entire exploration was that i really enjoyed the unique stories of each company it's like you know reading a thrilling suspense novel where you're you know each page brings sort of a new surprise and each company had its own story and each story was so rich and complex and i wanted to be part of that i didn't want to be just part of one company doing sort of one role um and and so part of one story i wanted to be part of many stories that were uh unique and intricate in their own manner and so that's why i really gravitated towards venture um and and so instead of being at a portfolio company i really felt like my calling was was venture capital and it it really did take some time to to set up the fund and it it was hard work and truly understanding my thesis and the niche in which i played within um was challenging building my network uh for deal sourcing was was hard work um and it takes time right i i don't think there's any substitute for time and hard work and it was all of that up front and um i'm very glad i did it and i'm happy to be where i'm at right now but it's still a continuous effort of building a network and and partnering with entrepreneurs and keeping relationships for entrepreneurs that I've already worked with as well as building new entrepreneurs and constantly shifting my investment thesis to be relevant to the context at which Excelstar Ventures exists in today that makes a lot of sense and we've heard this countless times that 
VC, especially early stages, all about your relations and your network. Um, and yes. you shared that multiple times as well. So um, that that completely validates all that we've heard. So thanks for sharing. Um, continuing on this, would love to hear what your investment thesis is at the fund. How are you dealing with finding and funding companies in such a changing market environment? Well, I think you have to. So the market dynamic is going to evolve, but your thesis in some ways should be timeless because your thesis, I mean, companies that we're investing in, we're holding those companies for anywhere from eight to 10 years, maybe a little less than that in the rare occasion. So in some ways, your thesis has to be timeless um, and it has to be not necessarily economic dependent as well, because our economy, as we, as we are seeing now, is, is sort of cyclical and is ever evolving. And so what we really focus on with Excelstar, as you mentioned earlier, is we focus on med tech and traditional technology invest, investments, specifically uh, business to business ones on the tech side. Um, and we are truly looking for disruptive technological innovation, sort of difficult new technical challenges that are being solved by this company. We're looking for a market discontinuity that allows for room for this technological innovation to, um, to take place. And we're looking for market readiness based on what the customer is feeling or the end user is feeling. So we are looking for some level of market readiness in those that we invest in. The other thing I wanted to mention that I feel very happy about is that as, as the fund has evolved, and as I said, the hard work and time has been put in, we now have a really rich group of serial entrepreneurs who are outstanding and have been able to create very successful, valuable companies. And now they're coming with their second and third companies to Excel Star Ventures, which is a fantastic place for us to be in. We feel very fortunate. So in addition, we augment those serial entrepreneurs with incoming deal flow. And I think what's really important for the incoming deal flow is I spend, I do spend a lot of time with a lot of companies before we make, before we decide to make the investment. I really believe it's very important to understand not just I, you know, everybody focuses on, okay, just get to know the team. Yes, you have to get to know the team. You have to build a relationship. You are going to be in this together for a very long time, but you truly even have to understand their product, their value proposition, the market context, and all that takes time. And you also have to see a lot of range amongst lots of companies to, to have a better understanding of the ones that truly are valuable and rise to the top. So just that entire that extensive exploration and constant connecting that I do allows me to have a rich pipeline, a rich incoming pipeline of deal flow. That's that makes a ton of sense. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, we see that you're also the managing director at Golden Seeds. Um, would love to hear more about the firm and its vision as well. Sure, Golden Seeds is is wonderful. It's 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 a in angel investing, it's a group of angel investors. It's nationally, uh, national, they have national chapters and the mandate of the, or the mission of the group is to close the funding gap between 
uh, male and female entrepreneurs. Um, they started a long time ago, and their focus is that they will only invest in companies where there is a female in the C-suite. Uh, it could be, you know, somebody who's a founder, could be a CEO, CEO, a CTO, um, and but there has to be a female leading the company. I believe Golden Seeds are really strong partners in the companies that they invest in. They take a huge amount of time supporting their companies, advising their companies, introducing them to customers, giving them advice on their pitches, um, you know, strategizing them with fundraising, strategizing with them, you know, during COVID-19, they really worked very hard to support all of their companies. And I, I think they're a wonderful organization. I know when they started in 2004, only 5% of angel investors were women. And in 2021, the num now there's 33% of angel investment, angel investors who are women. And I do think Golden Seeds was a trailblazer in that she was, they were investing in women before everybody thought it was sort of trendy to invest in women. Um, and they really are sort of an original group. And I have a lot of respect for them, I have a lot of respect for the work they do. And I have a lot of respect for the diligence that they perform. And it's incredibly refreshing to be part of an organization um, that is really dominated by women. I mean, we do have angel investors who are men. They're part of Golden Seeds. Our teams are not all women. There are men on the teams as well, of course. Um, but in a space for most of my career where I've been surrounded by men, um, it is nice to, you know, have the role reversal at Golden Seeds. And I find it really refreshing. Can't agree more. And um, that that is truly inspiring to see what Golden Seeds has accomplished um, with not just its network and outreach, but just uh, sure participation by women angels uh, to begin with. So that's amazing. Um, you clearly are very passionate and outspoken about women in leadership and business. How do you think we can address this lack of funding and coaching for female founders? We just need more female investors. I mean, it, it's it's so simple, right? Uh, we we talk we we all want to affect change, but for people to affect change and to people for people to want to come to the table, people that want to sort of show up. They have to feel like they have a sense of belonging to where they're coming to. And you don't have a sense of belonging if there are no mirrors in the spaces that you are walking into. And so that's why I say we need more female investors. It's actually a really fascinating quote that female investors are dramatically more likely to consider the gender gap, gender of the founders they're considering investing in startups. More than half, so 51% of women feel that founders gender to be highly important compared to 6% of male investors. Um, you know, so female investors are thinking about gender at a much higher percentage than ma males are. Um, and this was, this was uh, stated by a piece that was done by the American angel. So I think it is incredibly so step one is we need more female investors. And then if the next step is whoever has the money, whichever funds have the money, female or male, we need to put money behind it, right? We have to decide that this is important to us. And so we can't just say, we're going to hire a female partner, but are you tasking them for investing in more females? Or are you just tasking your entire firm saying that, you know, it is no longer acceptable to not 
you know, we have to work hard. We have to put money aside to fund female entrepreneurs. And we're not just doing this because it feels good. There's so much research out there that says diverse teams, heterogeneous teams win over homogeneous teams all the time. That is that is like a stated fact. Um, another fascinating, you know, in in piece of information that I was that I thought was really telling was that, for example, Robinhood's three point four billion dollars that was raised in five days in early twenty twenty that equals about 2.5% of the $150 billion invested by VCs annually, the annual amount reported for 2020. That's higher than the 2.2% that went to women, female founded companies. <laughs> and, and, and this 2.2% is actually a decrease from 2019 when the amount that went from VC went to females from VCs was 2.6%. <laughs> so one single company is outdoing the sum total of all the money that put behind women founders in 2020. That's yes, that is a point. <laughs> and the other thing I will say as of early 2021, there have only been 20 women who have ever led an IPO ever. <laughs> hmm. That's a huge, huge runway for us to cover. I, yeah, that's it's, evident. I mean, access to capital. We, yeah. If you give women access to capital, they can succeed. I mean, yeah. there's also research that says that investors, including females, ask other female entrepreneurs, so male and females, we ask Women founders, we as in the collective investment community, ask women founders different types of questions than we ask male founders. Hmm. So if we don't start, so we have to get more women in these top positions, whether it be in the investment firms, as well as at the company level, we do that by supporting them. We do that by giving them capital and we do that by shedding our biases and, on, and if we can shed our biases or at least acknowledge our biases, then we can do a better job at seeing them and then perhaps give them a better chance at getting that money. Yeah, that's powerful. That's um, very, very true. Um, yeah, that's, that makes a ton of sense. Thanks for sharing that. On the same note, on the same theme, what are mm -hmm. your hopes and aspirations for this next generation of female funders and founders? Well, for funders, I would say, you know, if you are a female uh, investor and, you know, you're out there, find other female investors, band with them, start making noise at the funds that you're working at and say that you want to start looking at the, at the makeup of the team. It's no longer just how good is the team, but who is on the team? What do they look like? If we don't start speaking up, it's not this the problem isn't going to solve itself. So for for those that have access to capital, for you know, angel investors who are females, for investors who are females, I think find people that are like you. Number one, you know, even if they're another fund, like work with them, syndicate a deal together. Um, and if you and if you are at a fund and you have, you know, use your voice. 
to to say we we have to put dollars behind this. We can't just say that we want to do this. We have to do this and first step is by putting dollars behind it. And maybe do we have to change the way we source our deals? Do we have to change the way we ask our diligence questions to actually make this endeavor successful? And for founders, for entrepreneurs, I would say just keep pushing those barriers. And I, I would say that it, I'm sure it's incredibly challenging, but I think there should be hope that there are investors out there who want, who are looking to invest in females, find them, work hard to network to them and make your case. And I think if we keep pushing and we keep talking about this, like this podcast, which is amazing, we're, that is in advance, right? I think there were years ago where we didn't even talk about this. The fact that we're talking about it, we're putting money towards it, there are funds focused on it and there are more and more I do think we're making progress and yet we still have a long ways to go, but I do have, you know, the, I think the future is bright. Yep. I like that note that we're ending this conversation on. Thank you so much, Tasneem. This was a, a great chat. I'm sure our listeners would appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. It was very much my pleasure. <laughs>